What kind of last minute research were you doing? Did you look up my name and find out that I am an assassin in India? Hello, and welcome to the Get Snatty podcast. My guest today is Seema, aka Artlust, a fascinating TikTok creator who talks about art and aesthetics and how those things are perceived and ways which intersect with a small eye intersectionalism of how we perceive art as uh, human beings in modern society. Do you take issue with my, uh, with my characterization? I don't take issue with your, I like small eyes. I also like, we are podcast. I have a podcast, Artlust Podcast. And we say we deal with the art world, the small a art world. Right. Um, it's mm-hmm. like, I always say like small C conservatism means you like Yeah, we o- I often say small D Democrat. Right, right. When I'm talking about people doing things. It's funny, like, <laughs> I feel like that's an expression though that doesn't, people don't use now. I said it to somebody who's Gen Z the other day and they were like, what are you talking about? And I say to people, I don't use intersect because p- intersectional, especially as a person of color, people are like, what do you mean? So right, I usually say loaded. how things connect. Right, yeah, right. all these words become so loaded you know, and it's like new words become loaded. I think that's like why people get s- like they don't know what to say sometimes. Somebody was saying right. to me the other day and they were like, can I say you're Indian? And I was like, I mean, you can. OK, I'm like I usually would say <laughs> no I'm Indian American. Like what's stopping you? Like I'm not. What do you think? I'm gonna like hit you. Like, <laughs> but, you know, I'm Indian American, but like I'm not going to nobody. I mean, people. It's better to be, to try, is what I would say, in general about words. But for a lot of people, the word just stops them. I will say on my channel, if I say a word that, like, sometimes, sometimes I do it on purpose. Like, sometimes I'll say toxic masculinity, just to watch the men just get nuts, nuts. Um, And that's kind of fun. But yeah, I I would agree. I I think with stuff like that, you have to understand, we all have to understand that people know what they know and that's what they know. And, yep. and you, you have to learn the difference real quick between someone who's said the wrong thing out of a place of, of ignorance, small eye ignorance, as opposed to someone saying, saying the quote wrong thing out of um, yeah, trying to be perverse. Or, no, or, or, that's or, true. Or, um, the way I brushed up against trans issues, people will just make yeah. a mistake all the time. And I just don't think it's necessarily always productive to like jump down someone's throat who legitimately didn't know. Um, no, I hear you. I wanted to ask you about, uh, I was just in the supermarket thinking, uh-huh. well, shopping, thinking about art. Uh-huh. And I was thinking about logos and how I, oh. I'm n- noticing, uh, I just saw your Pizza Hut TikTok, actually. Yeah. But noticing how there's kind of been a, a wholesale um, movement in, in mainstream branding back towards kind of, we're around the same age. Yeah. Back towards like 70s, late yep. 70s, when we were children, um, yep. logos. I don't know if I love it because it's aesthetically beautiful or because it's something that appeals to my, you know, my literal inner child. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I love logos and I love thinking about logos. I was talking with my co-host, Sophie, how it's so hard as a human being to try to decide if you like something because of the story behind it or because of the way it looks. And you actually can't, right? Like you can never completely break down your biases. You can never break down what's behind you. But people who have like, she's she went to art school, um, she's a photographer. And she was saying, she and I are so highly attuned to trying to think of motivations. We often can't help but like try to be like, do we really like that? Or do we think we like that? And is it because of this? And is it because of this? Um, but it's all like kind of jumbled in there. Who just switched? Is it Pringles who just switched? There's a pizza, uh, there's a, a potato chip brand that just switched their logo. Pringles did just switch. I, yeah. I know that as, as a Pringles uh, Pringles eater, not as oh, a- Oh, really? I, I'm, a, I'm not a, I'm not super, I feel like Pringles is my lowest potato chip. 
Well, it's not actually a chip. It's not like sliced potatoes. It's a no. I know it's it's like mashed potatoes that are then the flattened like and shaped. chicken nugget version of potato chips, right? Yes, it's a processed uh, yes. potato chip. I, I happen to love them. It's it's essentially really? like a dried mashed potato mix, oh. which is way more appetizing than it sounds. No, I <laughs> I do I don't di- I love potato chips a lot, and so. By saying they're my least favorite potato chip, it still puts it way above pretzels. But I think about the logos. To me, what's so interesting? Say it again. I said fuck pretzels. Oh, I know, I know. My spouse loves, and my one of my kids loves pretzels. Really? Of all forms, yeah, like a lot. Combos? They love combos. Who loves combos? No, well, I like combos actually, especially pretzel combos. Combos. Yes. My, my, the pretzel my problem combos. With, with pretzels is a. Uh, you know those like snack mixes, yeah, where like Doritos yeah, yeah. and like a couple Cheetos. Yes, I'm always like, "What are you doing?" No one wants the the pretzels. Nobody in wants. There. No, I am with you. I am with you, especially like the ones that taste like fake butter. Yeah, that are in there sometimes. Those are like nobody eats that. It's Brazil. It's the that's the version of Brazil nuts in the nut mix, right? Nobody's eating the Brazil nuts. Um, but to, I, I might eating, be. they're supposed to be so good for you um so maybe you are you're fit um but i would say about logos part of the thing that people and this is where it always like the part of the reason i even do the tiktok is not i mean i, I am an art historian and i you know like know museum stuff but my whole goal is that people become more visually literate because like the pringles rebrand is really playing on our generation our generation is now like you know owns you know they they have like m- you know, maybe kids or houses or some buying power, and they want us. We're we're essentially running loyal. the world all of a sudden, <laughs> as the boomers age. I mean, not me, yeah. but like people. My no, age. exactly, exactly. Not me either. I'm in the arts, but um, but you know, like I think that so. Like, what's funny is they're pulling on a heart strings. You just said it, and what's to me fascinating is people have no idea. I think that's why I do. That's why I do TikTok because I'm like, you know, they're playing you. You don't think they're playing you? They're totally playing you. Well, there's a lot of people who are like, advertising doesn't work on me. And what you always say is like, Madison Avenue wouldn't spend the billions it does every year if if it didn't work. But the the question from there is, what's the difference whether you think it works on you or it doesn't still works on you? Yep. Yeah. Um, It's like people who say, oh, this anesthesia isn't strong enough. And then they wake up after the surgery. Right. (laughs) We tend to when we look at art from pre-modern art, yeah, when I say pre-modern, I mean say before the 19th century. Yeah, um, we tend to like forget about the commercial aspects that have always existed. Now we're more aware of like the, the commercial nature of art, and in, in many ways, I'm sure it's probably more commercial. But like, for instance, not many people know that like the the, the amphitheater in Rome, the Colosseum, was called the Flavian Amphitheater. Absolutely. As if it were like the PNC Art Center or, or, or whatever. One thing about art his- history that's always fascinated me as someone who's, you know, at best looked at it from afar is um, learning about the context of, of art throughout the centuries, yeah. Yeah. including like, the commercial na- nature of it and like who, who was paying for it, why, mm-hmm. et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. It is, but it was always a business. The thing that drives me crazy about how, and I, I worked in museums for 22 years. So I was definitely part of, you know, the culture of museums and art history and taught 101 and all that kind of stuff. But what drives me crazy is that those are systems that often keep people away from context because they want you to focus on the object and look at it and think about it. But for a lot of people, you just can't start there. 
Right. You know, you talked about the Coliseum. Absolutely. The Coliseum is, was, you know, like Soldier Field. I was at Soldier Field this weekend, um, which is rare that I've gone to a sporting event. I was at a concert, but Soldier Field was built to seem fancy. It has columns, you know, it is. And it was built like the Coliseum, you know, partly because of the Coliseum on some level, but it was also built because people go to places to feel something. They go to spaces to feel something. And, and like, well, like something like an arena or, or whatever. Yeah. There's like, there's the grandeur and like the absolutely you know, man-made wonders. Um, th- this is tangentially related, but I-, I was always most interested in history, mm. um, at least as a student. Yeah. But I, I ended up as an English major in college because oh, cool. I, I found that I learned more about history, even through reading fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like contemporary like reading reading novels I read from like the late 19th century taught mm-hmm. me more about life in the 19th century mm-hmm. and even like like the you know socioeconomic forces uh yeah well like to Dickens them. right exactly I was at, the book I was thinking of is a uh, Theodore Dreiser uh oh. Mr. Carey yes um but just like with art if you if you know you know you can learn like if you learn mm-hmm. the story about how and why it came to be you're going to learn mm-hmm. a lot about what what mm-hmm. made that part of the world tick etc you yeah. know whether it's like the medicis in florence or yeah oh absolutely yada, and yada. especially art that was for had a function like i was I, I always used to say to people i used to teach in museum galleries and so we do it i used to do a tour but like what did they use it for and i'd start by asking people what would they use it for and you'd have a vessel you know, that had a hole, like they had a hole, like a top like this, and it sat flat. Right. It obviously was a mug. I mean, it didn't have a handle, but it was a mug, you know, or like there was a great Korean, um, it was really cool. It was a vessel that um, was like flat on one side and rounded on the other and had a really narrow opening. And it was about this big. So like, like a foot, a foot high. What do you think it was used for? Storing grain. So, you know, that's a great guess. If you saw it in real life, you would see that it had, when it has, something has a narrow opening, it's almost always liquid because okay, it doesn't right. want to evaporate. So it's basically like sort of wine bottles have it. But the reason it had one flat side was it actually was a flask that people would put when they were riding their horse. And so it would lay flat against the horse. And you needed to have enough volume. So if it was flat on both sides, you're not going to fill it with enough liquid. So it's probably for like water so that you could take it on your horse. But like it's that that's the kind of thing that when you tell something like that, it's as interesting as anything else. And I think that's the same thing with English. It's telling you a story. The problem with the way our education system is it refuses to accept that humans need to learn in very different ways. People want to learn like it's no matter who they are, people do actually want to learn. They might not want to learn what you want to teach them. You know, you've pulled trade school out, for example, you've pulled trades um, out of a lot of public high schools or you've made them read these specific books that don't speak to them. But people do want to learn. Yeah. I mean, like people get um, you get an endorphin, excuse me. A, uh, yes. Dopamine, no, dopamine. From learning yeah. something. Yeah. They were saying like w- with even with the opium, uh, excuse me, the opiate crisis yeah. over the past 15 years has yeah. actually been affecting like people in their 40s and 50s. Oh, really? Um, children, young people are using recreational drugs less and less and less. Interesting. And the reason they're saying is because we're carrying little dopamine hit devices uh, in our pockets. I believe that. I um, totally believe that. But yeah, I, I do think like, you know, I was I was never a great student. I kind of just 
you know, bullshitting my way through. I would never do my homework. I would spend my time just like reading other parts of the textbook. Mm-hmm. My point is, yeah, I, I think everyone does want to learn. My take on education, I was fortunate enough to go to private school. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. And then I was kicked out. I was kicked out of private school as a, and all of a sudden I had to go to public school as a junior mm-hmm. in high school. And this was, I went from a, 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 um, a private school, a private prep school to a mm-hmm. public school in a very rich, well-to-do suburb, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, a suburb that you would like anyone would want to send their school to. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even then I noticed a very marked difference mm-hmm. in, um, in the quality of the education. And, and, mm-hmm. and just and really at the end of the day, the big difference was if you're at a private school and you're getting a C, Mm-hmm. You're getting C minus. Everyone is on your ass. Like, what's going on? Yes, your parents. That's right. Sending letters home. Exactly. Uh, I'd go to a, a public school, and again, this was a public school in a, in a well-to-do, leafy mm-hmm. suburb of northern New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't hand your homework in, you get an F. Nobody cares. That's no, right. Nobody fails. That's right. I think you know, having worked at both kinds of schools and been in both, you know, both kinds of schools, I think the other thing about it is there's often systems, right? So in some ways, both of them have problems, right? If you don't check on kids at all they might not rise to the challenge. If you overly check on them, they might not rise to the challenge. But they're also, it's because we create these, we've created all these systems of education to get people to be in certain kinds of jobs that we have now, you know, and we're not necessarily educating people to be whole people. Like we're not, like one of the things that, you know, I think a lot about is how we don't educate people to have interests. Right. You know, we took arts education out. We, you know, we we took cooking out. We took, you know, sewing out. We took so home many ec, things. Yeah. Out of, yeah, home ec. We took so many things out of education. So maybe you weren't going to be good at this, but I, like I had a student years ago who I always think about, um, and I had a terrible revelation. He's now in his thirties because I've now gotten that old, but he used to be young a long time ago, but right, his right. dad was a master electrician. And when he was in high school, he was a pretty good student. He wasn't like the best or the worst, but he knew he had to get that degree because he wanted to go into the trades with his dad. And he had some sort of, like, he knew what he wanted to do, but it also in some ways freed him up to be really interested in things. And so like, he would be like, I really, he wasn't like a great student, but there'd be some topic like in English or in history or, uh, you know, like, or in art where I was, and he just liked that one thing. That was cool. It was cool. Like you like a thing. That's great. I thought I had many times over the years when I, if, if it were looking like I could possibly have children, which I never ended up mm-hmm. doing, but mm-hmm. I'd always have the thought from having experienced public school and private school mm-hmm. that if I were ever to have kids, I would do my best to send them to a Catholic school, actually. Mm-hmm. The reasoning being because of um, like the rigorous education you get in those places, mm-hmm. like the Latin and the, even, the, even the, like, the Bible study and like putting your, putting your kid in a system where like, there's kind of an inexorable uh, authority force that you have to learn to work around. I and often like, wonder about like that. Like, what would it be le- like to have that? Mm-hmm. Weren't like learning, like, because it's a kind of a crash course in how life is. You're going to have to deal with like annoying mm-hmm. bureaucracy and systems mm-hmm. that part of like negotiating your way through through life is like learning how to like contend with that and uh, learning when and when not to fight city hall or whatnot. But then like, and at the end of the day, I think- That is such a good point in general. Like learning when to fight and not to fight is such a hard right. thing to learn as an adult. And, and even even still like just every kid who comes out of the school learns yeah. Latin. And uh, you I know, Latin. is good at math. I, I, but one of my regrets is I didn't, I took French, which was ended up kind of oh, useless. I had to take Latin and French and French is, I mean, I can still, like as an art historian, it was useful, but other than watching like 
you know, the French language things on MHZ. That's that's about how I use it now. My, my French made my English better. That's about it. Mm, yeah, I mean, forty percent um, of spoken is it forty percent of spoken? No, sixty percent of spoken English has is French. I don't I don't have my phone. What is it? It's uh, it's a huge in, percentage. I just can't remember. English is a German language wearing a French costume or something yes. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts of, on TikTok as a Gen X TikTok creator? Yeah, um, it's interesting. It's so fascinating. I was with, um, I've, you know, run into like either friends or family more and more now, you know, like I, I feel like I just have had more interactions with real living people. And I, first of all, always find it funny when somebody I know in real life has seen one of my videos. I don't know why that is, but it, it strikes me because like I've had people, I don't think I've had as many people recognize me. I see videos where you have people recognize you. I wouldn't say that, but I've definitely had it. I've had a lot of people recognize, oddly enough, my voice. Like if I go to a coffee shop and order something in town and then people, especially, or if I'm around the arts and I say something, somebody will recognize me. But in general, I wouldn't say so, so many people recognize me. I don't know if that I'm that iconic, um, but I've had a couple of people recently, like young people, my daughter's cousin, for example, and um, they're, and then my other daughter's really good friend. And it's interesting because they're, they really like the video, like, you know, cause like Gen Z is so much more earnest than we were. Like, I, I think we were more sarcastic. And so when they're like, like my daughter's cousin was like, it's cool to see you on my FYP. And I was like, are you serious? Well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's nice. I do think that to me, the thing that startles me, and I'm, I know that I've seen comments on your page too, is the amount of hate. You were talking about how, you know, we're talking about like, you know, when I said something about toxic masculine, I know some guys are going to get upset. I will say that I, being in the arts, I was in the arts all of my adult life until just last year, um, professionally, and then personally, I'm still in the arts, and I spent a lot of time, my spouse is a printmaker, so I mostly have been very siloed most of my adult life, and I live in a place that is very multicultural, a very, very liberal sort of enclave. I don't know that I ever experienced the majority of Americans that authentically. I, you know, I didn't have to, like, interface with them the way I do on TikTok. And the amount of hate, and I was, you know, I think I look pretty Indian, but I get like um, anti-Black hate, anti-Arab hate, anti-Mexican hate, anti-Indian hate. And then if I, it's like sort of multi-thing. And if I should do then any topic, like I've done uh, topics about Asian art, then I get a really anti-Asian hate. If I do topics about Judaism, you know, Jewish artists, anti-Semitism. If I do topics about queer artists, I get, you know, just... The barrage of hate is, it's astonishing. I feel like I've gotten used to it. It, it. it makes me think, which is kind of sad, but what, what I always say about Gen Z is like they're simultaneously the most psychotic and most wondrous uh, generation I, I, I could ever think. I think Gen Z yes. Will, yes. Will, will accomplish wonders. I really do. No, I do too. Um, they're not without <laughs> annoyances. But I'll tell you, the thing you just mentioned there's a weird thing, everyone says this, but it, it's so true. There's a weird feeling of, of being exposed when somebody you know in real life mentions your content, that yes. when they've seen your content, as opposed to if 50 strangers said, oh, you're great, yes, I love you, that's same. fine. The same. There's, this, there's a weird, like, eh. Like yeah. when a friend, of, a friend of mine was commenting about some video I posted recently, yeah. I'm like, wait, you're not supposed to. No, I I'm feel not, like we're in different like why are you in this universe like it feels like tiktok is a different universe and in fact i was saying to a friend about this the anti-semitism i got on a video 
And she was, she said, oh, I didn't see that video yet. And I was like, oh, I took it down. Cause like, I just thought I wasn't making the world better. Cause it was like, you know, bringing too much hate. Um, but I said, I took it down, you know, I, I'll just redo it later. I don't particularly like have any um, connect. I just like, you know, I can take it down. It doesn't bother me. But then it occurred to me afterwards that that means she feels like she sees all my videos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I thought, oh, that's weird. But all that hate that I'm getting online, I don't think that comes from Gen Z people. You don't? You think it's Gen Xers? And- I think it's, I think a lot of, a lot of the hate I get is millennials and Gen X because it's also people who have, you know, no profile picture and have the, the inability to spell your correctly. Is that, that's, that's not native to. I don't know. It feels like that. It feels to me like, like boomers and, and Gen X who, you know, don't know how to type on a phone. Maybe I'm totally reading into it. Yeah, I, This is a sidebar, but how, how do these things happen when there's autocorrect? How is. I don't know. How, how, I, how are, I don't know. And I have to, I finally, cause I have an, I have a, like a, you know, like a chunk of mutuals. I wouldn't say I have a huge number of mutuals. And so I was for a while always replying to people's comments. You're like correcting. <laughs> You know, and then I was like, now I said, now I'm really like playing into stereotypes. <laughs> well, actually, my thing now you know, is all people, art historian. sometimes when people do it correctly, I'll correct them with the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> like someone writes your with an apostrophe. Agent of chaos. Are, I'll just write your. And then and the, <sighs> they get so mad. And it, it's like, and now I'm like, oh, I, I complain when people troll me, but, but here I am. I just find it delightful because they get, they go nuts. My, um, my spouse um, is a printmaker. And I don't know if you know any fine art printmakers, but they are super anal. And of the printmakers, there's some that are more anal than others. So like the least anal are the ones who are silkscreen. They're like basically not even like stressed out printmakers, but the most anal are lithographers, which is what he is. And so like, if we go, if I go to the studio and I see what he's doing, I'm always like trying to, I almost go to touch something. He's like, no, 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 we don't touch it. And so, uh, and I always like make jokes about, oh, you and your process. And he, and so he will period, if I make jokes like that, he will um, text me back messages with commas in totally the wrong place on purpose. Oh, but it's like that. He's just totally doing it like you just to mess with me. And it make it I have to admit, it makes me like a little bit irrationally twitchy. Like It does, too. I, my dad was a lawyer and he just uh-huh. like wouldn't like stand for a misplaced apostrophe. Oh my it was God. just like, did you see that Trump tweet where he said the president's he said presidents with an apostrophe and it was so painful. He someone was saying like the thing about uh, you have to remember about the, the Trump people, they're a lot smarter than it's very easy yeah. for. To yeah. be like, oh, no, they're I so agree. dumb. No, I agree. There's I agree. like there's there's smart people behind their, their communication. Yeah, I totally there. agree. And totally. one of the things that they intentionally did those misspellings no, that's just right. to to get like snooty liberal coastal people to no, mind about smelling. That's to, true. I think that is true. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Like, you know, like it, like I just never understood it. The same with like with Vladimir Putin when people like want to reduce people who are obviously very effective at what they do, like oh, they're a madman or, oh, they're an idiot. Like all you're doing is um, you're, you're not putting your position. You're playing into their hand. No, I think it's and, true. And you, you, you make it you're less less effective at, at No, it's true. Them. It's true. One of the things I um, noticed, there's that guy, his name is, is it Dan McClellan? I don't know. He, um, which, wait, which isn't to say Trump wasn't necessarily misspelling things, but I no, I know what you mean. Some smart person working on his team in communications 
who said like, let oh, it go let's keep doing yeah. that and yeah um there's that guy dan mcclellan maybe on tiktok he does a lot of things about he's like a bible historian he's an advisor some sort of person for the jesus christ of latter-day saints he does videos about the bible kind of saying i don't know like somebody somebody will make a video like the bible says you can't be i don't know a woman in work and then he'll make a he'll use the bible to say no you're wrong this is all interpretation he does a good job but one of the things i notice is when he stitches people he says don't make fun of them their speech or the behavior if you're going to criticize them criticize what they're saying but don't make fun of them and i was talking to a friend this weekend who's truly one of the smartest people i've ever met and i was saying like i just don't understand why people even, you know, like would support Trump or whatever. And I was saying, you know, I mean, like, he sort of sounds dumb. And, you know, I, I thought that I think I'm so smart, but, you know, we know lots of smarter people. And he was said, that's what he, you're playing into him, right? Because what you sound like is such a jerk by, by demeaning him rather than criticizing actions that he did. Like, you know, um, the, the, we have a lot of, we have a friend who works in immigration policy. He's like, you know, criticize the things he did. But I think that that bigger issue about intelligence is something that I often think about when I'm doing videos. Like, I want to be real. I don't want to be a snot because nobody's going to listen to me because like being faux intelligent or even being kind of elitist turns people off. Being pedantic, being like yeah. ostentatiously pedantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are people, and especially I will say, I think as a woman, it's even worse. Like, <laughs> I don't know, because I've never been a man. Certainly, like I, a lot of women I know who are historians, who are creators get, you know, people will say to us, we've all had like the same kind of comments. Oh, what do you think? You're so smart. Um, why are you so condescending? Um, you know, things like that. And I mean, sometimes I have to admit, I do get condescending if I do a reply. But I think well, you're none right. None of us are saints. No. Well. The thing is, I could see that happening with your videos. One thing, one thing I love about your videos is three out of 10 times when I, when I watch one, you'll put out your, your, your premise yeah. of the video. I'll be like, that's not necessarily true. <laughs> I know. I try to come up um, with really crazy things. To well, <laughs> that'll make me want to, want to listen yes. and learn more, whether or not I, I end up agreeing with it or not. I'm, I'm yeah, going to yeah. learn something. Yeah. But a lot of people, they'll take that if someone's has a premise that, that, that runs counter to their prior beliefs. Yeah. They take that as insulting to their character somehow. Yes, which and is, I think that's that is so fascinating. What what are yours? You didn't answer this. I think that's so fascinating in general about TikTok, where there it's for some people it is just offensive that you said a thing that they don't believe. One thing I just can never wrap my head around when someone like if if, if I'm doing a live stream and someone comes in and says like, you know, some anti LGBT thing, mm. I'm like I always want to be like. That's fine. You think that way. It doesn't affect my life. What you're entitled to your, your beliefs, but if you come here and just say that to like start a ruckus, that makes you an asshole. An asshole. Which I would be this. It would the same thing would be true of me if I went into some like right wing conservative yep. space. Yeah. Just went like, hey, fucking Jesus is dumb. That would just make me an asshole. Yeah. Like, I, I don't see like no one cares about changing minds anymore. People no, just that's seem, true. That's true. Uh, or and like everything and, and I can I can I'll criticize people on the left too in, in terms of uh like what passes for political discourse. Like every political TikTok is um bad faith premise dunking on the other side, designed to get high fives from people who already agree with me. It doesn't matter what whether yep. it's right or left. No, it's true. it's preaching to the converted. Absolutely. Um and I don't and like 
I, I can't, especially as someone on the left, I cannot stand when, when I'm put into a position where I have to defend people I, I fundamentally disagree with because of, of a bad faith premise against them. And then it's like, people are like, well, oh, you're such a mag. I'm not a MAGA head because what you said was was factually incorrect or, or just, you know what I mean? I just can't. But then like, then there's another voice in my head. Well, like, does it matter? Because you got to choose sides. So hard because you do have to choose sides. Like you always end up pick. I think that in American political thought, it's like pick the lesser of two evils, <laughs> which is a horrible place to be. You know, who was so, the know. other I day? Mean, like, somebody was I, saying, like, you know, Reagan wasn't so bad, and I was like, no, I just because we've had worse doesn't mean he was good. Like, so bad. Like, are we really like getting there now? I, I'm probably I'm probably more bullish on Reagan than you, but like, that that's just a, a good point because it's yeah. like, well, people are like, current America is bad doesn't mean communist China is good. We're like, America bad does yes. not mean. That, Yes, the it's the whataboutism. Yes, it's like this yeah. weird relativism. You know, multiple places can be bad. Multiple things can yeah. be good. Yes, yeah. no, it's exactly. absolutely true. I was doing a video about unhoused people or houselessness. And I don't even know. Well, like sometimes I just like, I don't spend all that much time planning my videos. Like I see something and I think, oh, that reminds me of this thing that I could have taught about. Somebody who apparently follows me went on this rant about how Protestant work ethic and, you know, Americans sort of supposed Puritan roots are what makes us perceive poverty as being a weakness. You know, like that you are not, it's not that it's a system, but you yourself, the poor person is weak. And so somebody said, well, you know, Chinese people also hate poor people happens often that I, you know, will do a video and like, well, what about in such and such country? And I was like, well, I can't talk in, and my videos are very yeah, rarely not, more than a minute and a half. So you want me to talk about, about China. that's right. right. Yeah. But like my videos are only like a minute in a minute and a half. You want me to talk about every global, but what, what they're doing is the same kind of thing. You're like that you were talking about that sort of, we don't, we want to argue is sort of what I think. Like we just want to fight. Yeah. You know, there's like Russian dolls. Yeah. You can get, the, the problem is there's like so much we're all like as as people who live in the first world mm -hmm. any argument we have about any social issue yeah can just be ended with like well you know there's kids dying in lithium mines yes um, so you can have your phone so you can make your snooty comment yep um and like yep. and, and, which is just like unfortunately true and yeah. it and it's or like oh um my candidate yeah he's better with lgbt rights Okay, that's going to be no small comfort to the dead Pakistani children from drone strikes. No, that's because... right. No, it is so true. It's every single thing is a compromise. I think also that's why people, like you were saying about the liberal TikTokers, I think part of the challenge. I just see more of those. I, I just yeah, see I more do of those. Too. I don't see any. I don't actually see. I don't. I don't have a lot of like. Sophie will sometimes tell me about like straight conservative TikTok. She's sometimes on the wrong side of TikTok. I've I've never even been there. I don't know what it's like. I mean, I can imagine it. I it's see it the as same. Stitches. It's it's kind of just the same. It's the same format. The same. Oh, okay. Yeah, I the guess. Same I, deal. I guess that makes sense. Um, but what? I, but I think what happens is like because discourse is so complicated, and TikTok simplifies it. Right. That you just have this sort of culture where we then anything that isn't simple. It's just too much. Are we prone to discounting actual good work because we don't like the ideas? Yeah. It, uh, I, I, I see this. Here's, here's an example. Yeah. That movie is bad because it has, uh, it, it, it has a 
left-wing bias with its premise or a right-wing yep. bias with but i i kind of and don't it's the like same that. in art it's the same in art and it's it is problematic i i find my I've, as i've gotten older i find myself more cognizant of it who who was the artist the other day i had no idea that they were super conservative I'll have to think of who that one is, but I do know one who always rails against the fact that people don't like him because he's conservative, Sean Scully, who's a abstract artist who actually is in plenty of museums and makes just great money. So I don't know that, you know, I don't know that he has to worry, but he says that he is often not given credence because he is conservative. And I don't I don't love Sean Scully's art because I just don't, it isn't that interesting to me. It's like, um, like a lot of black paintings and grids and things that other artists did before him. So it just isn't super, it, before I knew his politics, I didn't think his art was all that interesting. But I do think he is right in that people in the art world skew very left. But then on the left, an artist like David Wojnarowicz, um, who was a gay man who died very young, people, he was like very political in a way that was almost too political for his era. I don't remember when he died. Let me see his years. But he lived in, he was like an 80s artist. He also was often discounted for his politics. And so I think in the art world, it is absolutely the same as like, I'm not going to see that movie because he's clearly going to tell me something I don't want to hear about. In the art world, it's that he's standing, he stands for something. She stands, they stand for something that I don't. The other thing though in the art world is if you decide to do a style, like realism is a great example. If you are a traditionalist, so you have traditional values and you do realism, then I don't want anything to do with you. Interesting. Uh, I did a video, there's an, uh, that was, there's like a Christian artist whose name I can't remember anymore, but it was, he did a, he had a image of Jesus. A guy is standing there and he's uh, like, I think he's shooting up or he's just shot up. I can't remember. And Jesus is next to him. And that artist, um, that I saw it because it was on TikTok and everyone was making fun of it. But if you just looked at... He, he was a left-wing artist? No, he's a right-wing artist. Okay, and everyone I, I on could... TikTok was making fun of this guy. And, you know... I'm not religious, but that seems like a kind of a nice message. Like, yeah, Jesus is a, with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See here. Like a comforting see. one, anyway. Yeah, right? It's uh, like, I mean, okay. It, okay, it is a little bit cursed, but still, like, if I... I but if I, you didn't... so like, I see what he's going for. Yeah, right? Like, but, like... But the problem for me is I, I, what I would have actually criticized are certain aspects of like the color or the composite. Like instead they were, they couldn't even get to thinking of any like authentic critique because like all these tweets about it were making fun of its politics, which it kind of goes back to this idea that, that, you know, saying about that Dan McClellan, you know, if you're going to have discourse, have it about the thing that it should be about. Yeah, and often it's also super superficial. This mm-hmm. I found this kind of fascinating recently. There was a movie called Black Adam, which it's a superhero movie. It wasn't very good at all, okay. Okay. and it, it, it was with The Rock. It, it almost doesn't oh. matter, but yeah. it, for whatever reason, because of how the lines are drawn in pop culture, that was like a kind of right wing toxic fanboy movie, as opposed to oh. like good guy left wing. Yeah. Kind of this weird thing going on with, with with that kind of nerd pop culture but the irony of it was that movie was actually the most fundamentally woke thing you could be it was actually very anti-western anti-imperialism Ooh. in a very very uncomfortable real kind of way because it took place in, black adam is kind of like the champion of a, a country that's kind of a stand-in for a rock oh and kind of the premise of the movie is is 
we've had enough of the last 1100 years of, of the West running our show. We're not perfect, but we got this. Get the fuck out of here. I found it kind of funny that like this was the the um, the, uh, the the movie for the quote toxic uh, alt right fanboy, which is you know so alt right is is a term that's that's thrown around too much. I would say. <laughs> um, whereas like you know, do, do you know what I'm saying? Like no, it, totally. It, One thing that's so fascinating to me about TikTok is how it sort of silos us. So we think that like our charge is the mo- is is the right one, right? I teach art classes for homeschool students as part of a museum program. And so we would run it twice a month and these homeschools would come. So many of these homeschoolers would want to decide that we couldn't show full frontal nudity. But the museum I worked at, literally every door you entered, there was a male nude. Okay. And not even a female nude, but literally a male nude because it had like it had a lot of famous ancient art. And so it just for and then there was also a lot of like there was a Rodin. There was a little like every there was no way you could miss it. A lot of these people were OK with female nudity, but male nudity. Absolutely not. And so but they weren't all upset about it for the same reason. And we used to always it was they would, they would every kind of every month we'd have like some issue about something that we were going to plan to teach in the curriculum. And so like. The male nudity, the very, very liberal people often said that that is, you know, mis- you know, that they don't want to have those kinds of stereotypes because a lot of them were like, you know, Greek gods or, you know, sort of things like that. They don't they want to make sure that we're not giving their children some sort of inauthentic stereotype of masculinity or the very religious people, you know, didn't want nudity. And then we'd have another class and then they don't want us to talk about um, women in that way, you know, but like every topic you'd see that like the l- left and the right were coming back to each other, you know, like they'd have like such this overlap. And I, and I, you know, they would all come to us and send us notes and be very authentic about their reason. But it did boil down to, I'd like you to basically excerpt part of this lesson for my child. It's like uh, what they call horseshoe theory with, uh, yes. with politics. Yeah. See, my, my uh, battery's going to run Okay. This, this has been wonderful. I got about. It has. I've got 52 good minutes. I'm going to whack this up into the tightest and coolest 33 minutes you've ever heard. This was great. And maybe one time we can, we could do it again, or you could be on mine because we didn't even talk. I thought we were going to get to talk about snacks. Oh, um, we can do it in the future. We'll do, we'll do snacks on yours. Absolutely. Okay. Let me know. I, I I do nothing. So I'm, I'm always free. That was art lust. Now stand by for some Frankie B. I just had like an all time fat boy. A fat boy meal. What's this? I had two chicken rondelets Whoa. with uh, two chicken rondelets with microwave pancakes, like a, a stack oh. of three with butter and uh, with oh. butter and, and uh, it was really fucking good. Oh. You know, inside every skinny person there's a fat person waiting to get out. It's the wrong, the phrase has always been wrong. And it's like, I hear that and it's just like something deep in me just goes, yes. <laughs> it just goes, this is right what you say. <laughs> Microwave them. They're all fucking soggy. Still delicious. Mm, delightful. Because I do a lot of TikTok live streams, mm. which is very stream of consciousness. And it's basically me yelling at teenagers. They do pretty well. People try to roast me. And I just roast them back and it, it gets, it's fun. It's probably unhealthy, but I enjoy it. So what's going on with the UFOs now? Apparently UFOs are real and nobody cares. Yeah, I don't know. Is this like a test run? Is this a psyop by the government where they're just like, how much, wait a minute, how, do what? they not really give a shit? How much could we fucking roll out that these people really just 
Are you that crushed by apathy that this is not like they let the whole Epstein thing go by? They're like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, Epstein. Yeah, yeah. With a smoke, with his fire. I never heard that. But, but like, no. <laughs> am I wrong? Like, apparently UFOs are real. Uh, that's what they. That's what it seems to be uh, pointing to. And I remember seeing the article. I'm like, oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that was just like breaking news. It's like and that was happening during COVID. It was just like, by the way, UFOs are real. Ah, fuck that. Oh, oh, look, new season of Survivor. Do you remember um, Too Close for Comfort? Sure, Mon- Monroe. Monroe. The, Jim the J. Shoot, Bullock. Like, and like, I remember when I was like, when I was six years old watching that show, did I know that Monroe was gay? No, I thought he, he was like, I, was he like the last, like in the Paul Lind, uh, Liberace was, mold where he's he just, just like, like very, oh, he's just quirky. That's just yeah, the I remember, shit he's like, doing. I remember him being like my favorite character. Like Monroe's funny. But Monroe, was, yeah, was, Monroe was the go to that show. What, did, what, did, was I conscious that he was like a, for lack of a better word, a, a raging homosexual? Do you remember the episode of, of This Is True? This happened. This is like Dudley and Arnold in the bicycle the store. Bicycle. From, uh, you're going to ask me about the bicycle shop? You're going to ask me about the bicycle shop episode of Fucking Different Strokes? <laughs> wait, wait, we should probably do it. We should probably do a, a whole hour on that. Yeah, that's a whole other episode but right the, there. The, the, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of serious. Oh, for real. I'm not even joking. I, you know how many times I shoehorn that into our show? I shoehorn I it and I have, they won't let me, they won't bite and let me expound on it as much as I really want to. There is a episode of Too Close for Comfort where Monroe gets raped by a woman. And like, this is a real thing. And the resolution of the show is Monroe decides not to press charges because it's too embarrassing. 1982, ladies and gentlemen. What the hell? That's exactly the plot. I remember like, I remember watching it at seven years old. Yeah, that checks out. That's kind of beta (laughs) bitch. You get raped by a girl. I wasn't the most... I wasn't the most progressive seven-year-old. Should have kept your mouth fucking low test bitch. That's what you get. <laughs> Everybody knows. <laughs> Not everybody 